The left is in a complete collapse and the pressure is on for woke employees across the nation as corporations, Americans and basically anyone with common sense push back on the corrupt woke ideology that has been a cancer on our country for the past few years. From Twitter being exposed by Project Veritas yet again to Elon Musk pointing out the hypocrisy of the Biden administration, it's a bad year to be a woke liberal. And if you don't believe me, do you remember Joe Biden's disinformation governance board? Yeah, CNN Plus lasted longer than that did. Welcome back to another episode of Rapid Fire. My name is Savannah Hernandez, your host for this episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Now, I usually only do my live streams on YouTube, but guess what, guys? You can now find this show live on Rumble. So if you don't want to support on YouTube, I know a lot of you don't like this platform, head over to Rumble. The show will be live streamed over there as well. On top of that, before we do get into the show, I do like to remind my viewers, if you like like the show but uh you know maybe you prefer podcast version i do have this show available on apple podcast google play spotify anywhere you can find podcasts or my website safsaysofficial.com please go leave a five star review on apple podcast as it helps us grow in the charts and helps other people discover the show now without further ado we have a jam packed episode for you guys today and i say this every single episode but it is absolutely true when i tell you i spent maybe 4 to 5 hours just getting all of this information ready for you guys because the left is in a complete and total collapse and it is amazing to see. Now we've seen these progressive ideologies consistently pushed on Americans time and time again and many Americans were saying, am I living in clown world? When is this going to end? When is common sense going to take back over and when are we going to be able to say, you know, men aren't women. Women don't have penises. When are we going to get back to a point of normalcy in this country? Well, guess what my friends? The Progressive push has finally basically like Uno reversed card uh, carded itself on the progressive left that has been pushing this on us and it's backfiring spectacularly. Now, before we get into the actual news, let me just go ahead and give you five examples of what we're living through in the modern day via the media, our politicians, uh, all of the people that are supposed to care about our health, but actually don't. Let's take a peek at the modern day decadent society and culture that we're all living in and the ideology and the mindset and the health values, the health uh, protocols they want us to follow in the modern day. Let's go ahead and start off with these Calvin Klein advertisements. Now we start off with the first one from 1999. You got a beautiful fit model. She's coming out of the water, body dripping, basically peak female form, beautiful. Every man wants to date her. Every woman wants to look like her. That was Calvin Klein back in 1999. Now we go ahead and fast forward to 2019 and you have an obese black woman that says, I speak my truths in my Calvins. The underwear so stretched out over her that you can't even tell what it would look like in its normal shape or form. And then you think that that was crazy enough? Absolutely not. We go ahead and go to 2022 and we have a pregnant man on the advertisement for Calvin Klein. So this is what our society is trying to push and perpetuate as a healthy body type, right? Back in 1999, it was like, oh, well, this is not an achievable body for women and it's making women feel bad for themselves. So then we fast forward to 2019, we're normalizing obesity. And uh, in 2022, we've 
for some reason reached so far as two men being pregnant. Here's another example of what modern day advertisements specifically geared toward women look like. You have men's underwear on the bottom and you have all of these fit male models with bulging muscles in their brief or boxer shorts. And then you have women that are pretty much all overweight, what modern day society would deem as the quote unquote ideal body weight. I reject this because, and I said this on my Truth Social account, by the way, they have a web version now, which is absolutely incredible. I'm on Truth Social. Go follow me over there at Sav Says. I've been putting out a lot of tweets or a lot of truths, I guess. I can't tweet because Twitter banned me twice. So go follow me on Truth Social. Uh, but basically, I was talking about how in the modern day, the average woman is turned off to buying clothing online because these are the models that are representing the clothing. And the average woman wants to see what these pieces would look like on the average healthy body. But for some reason, it's women specifically that are being targeted with this obesity is healthy nonsense. I want to, again, you know, highlight this picture of Demi Lovato. This was before and after she started going by they, them. You look at the before picture and she is what one could consider the peak female form, right? Beautiful, long hair, beautiful skin. She's wearing a great dress. She's fit. Uh, she looks very feminine in this photo. And then she transitioned into a they, them. She is now overweight. She has her head shaved and she looks unhappy. She doesn't look healthy. And when I call out obesity, I'm not calling out uh, people who struggle with weight. What I am calling out is self-control, discipline, and addiction, because people in modern day society can be addicted to all sorts of things. Food addiction and obesity is one big thing, but so is alcohol addiction, drug addiction, being addicted to money, sex, fame, your career. So there's a multitude of issues and vices that we as Americans are hit with. So again, when I call out the obesity topic, it's not to be hateful. Let me call out every single vice in society today. And again, highlight how we need to have self-control and discipline in the decadent culture that we live in. But the obesity topic does bother me because, again, just looking at some of these statistics from the CDC, obesity is one of the leading causes of death here in the U.S. Let me read off of some of these statistics for you, and then we'll jump into the actual news. The U.S. obesity prevalence was 42.4% in 2017 to 2018. From 1999 to 2000 through 2017 to 2018, U.S. obesity prevalence increased from 30.5% to 42.4%. During the same time, the prevalence of severe obesity increased from 4.7% to 9.2%. And again, when I say that being morbidly obese is going to lead to a very painful death, obesity-related conditions include heart disease, stroke, type 2 diabetes, certain types of cancer, okay, leading causes of preventable and pre mature death. And again, too, because our government supposedly cares about us, aka the entire COVID protocol of locking us in our homes and shutting down gyms while promoting, uh, you know, and allowing fast food joints to stay open, liquor stores to stay open, amongst various other things, the estimated annual medical cost of obesity in the United States was $147 billion in 2008. Medical cost for people who have obesity is $1,400 higher than medical costs for people with healthy weight. So that is why I get so frustrated with this push for obesity in, in society today, uh, because as with any vice, the person pushing this, whether it's abortion, sex work, obesity, alcohol abuse, drug use, the abuse of antidepressant medication pushed on us by big pharma, no matter what your vice is, 
These are things that are all bad for you and are contributing to you being a more subservient person, uh, contributing to you uh, not reaching your full potential and your full value as a human being, which is why I call these things out. Again, highlighting how our government does not care about us. Those are some of your obesity rates, right? Uh, all of the things that were overlooked during COVID, even though it was, what, 75% of people who were admitted to hospitals were morbidly obese. But let's just go ahead and overlook that. Um, going back to COVID, because our government loves to fear monger about that one, uh, New York City raised the COVID level alert to high yesterday. Apparently, that's still a thing in New York from the government that cares about you so much that they're going to keep fear-mongering and scaring you with these COVID statistics, even though they've already all come forward and admitted that, yeah, okay, COVID's similar to the flu. It's really just targeting the elderly. And, uh, you know, maybe you can treat the uh, illness and prevent it with some supplements, going outside, getting some sun. And again, YouTube, before you censor me, that's not my quote. That comes from your uh, Lord and Savior, Bill Gates. So... Everything that conspiracy theorists said for the past two years about COVID-19 and how to combat that has now come true. But the same government who pretended to care about your health and safety, continuing to fearmonger about COVID-19. And then to just cherry on top of the hypocrisy Sunday that our government is constantly serving up. From the Washington Free Beacon, yes, safe smoking kits include free crack pipes. We know because we got them. How do free crack pipes tie into obesity and uh, rising COVID threat levels? They're all perpetuated by our government. They're all issues that are pushed on us by our government. I was thinking about this the other day, okay? Drug addiction, alcohol addiction, um, the dependent on SSRIs and all of these big pharma medications, the push for victim mentality, that the average minority is oppressed, that you can't do anything in America, that obesity is healthy, that uh, your mental health comes first and you just need to love yourself and be happy and peaceful all the time. And if you're not, there's a problem and you need to go pay a therapist hundreds of thousands of dollars to help you work out your normal human emotions. A lot of the issues in society today are perpetuated and created by our government to enrich them even more. Example number five, the fact that our government is providing crack pipes to drug abusers across our nation via our taxpayer dollars. Let me read into this just a little bit. Crack pipes are distributed in safe smoking kits up and down the East Coast, raising questions about the Biden administration's assertion that its multi-million dollar harm reduction grant program wouldn't funnel taxpayer dollars to drug paraphernalia. The findings are the result of the Washington Free Beacon visits to five harm reduction organization and calls to over two dozen more. In fact, every organization we visited, facilities in Boston, New York City, Washington, D.C., Baltimore, and Richmond, Virginia, included crack pipes in the kit. And there's a photo of that for you guys, if you don't believe me. Now, we're going to be talking about inflation in this episode. We're going to be talking about the rising cost of everything and how Joe Biden plans on combating inflation. Um, Real, you know, before we really get into the nuts and bolts of that, just from a common sense level, I would say that not using the trillions of dollars that we've printed and flooded our market with, uh, not using those taxpayer dollars to fund crack pipes is probably a good starting off point. But that's just me. I don't know. I'm not a... A, a scientist. I'm not a doctor. So what do I know in modern day society? Now let's jump into the actual news. 
now that I painted a beautiful picture for you guys, now that I have dished up the beautiful hypocrisy Sunday with that nice crack pipe cherry on top from the Biden administration funded by your taxpayer dollars, now that we've dished all that up to you guys, let's jump into the actual modern day and what is going on, starting off with Twitter being exposed. Now, normally my episodes are very black-pilled and I'm like, oh, the left is doing this and that, the progressives are being absolutely insane and we're living in clown world. But guess what? This episode, we're talking about the less complete and utter freefall, their spiral into insanity, and how all of their progressive policies are completely backfiring on them. And we're starting off with Project Veritas exposing Twitter yet again. Now, Project Veritas has already exposed Twitter before, but this time, their videos captured the attention of somebody pretty important, and that person is Elon Musk. Yeah, the same Elon Musk that's trying to buy Twitter that's set to buy Twitter, that's set to change Twitter's entire algorithm, the entire infrastructure of that company, and allow free speech to again flow freely on the platform that many call the average day public square. So Project Veritas put this video out two days ago. It's a Twitter senior engineer saying that Twitter does not believe in free speech and admits their employees are commie AF and that they tried to revolt against Elon Musk's takeover bid. Don't believe me. Let's go ahead and watch that video for ourselves so you guys can get an understanding of what Elon Musk himself watched and responded to. Let's see. Twitter does not believe in free Capitalists, if we weren't really operating in a capitalist mode, we were very socialist, like we're all like communist. Ideologically, uh, it does not make sense, like because we're actually censoring the right, not the left. So if everyone on the right wing will be like, bro, it's okay to say, just gotta tolerate it. Uh, the left will be like, no, I'm not gonna tolerate it. I need a censor, or else I'm not gonna be in touch. So it does go right. It's true. There is bias. I don't know the two parties can truly coexist on one platform. What do your colleagues say about like? They hate it. Oh my god, I'm at least like okay with it, but some of my colleagues are like super left, 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 left. What uh, are they saying? They're, they're like, this will be my last day if it happens. So. Has much changed since like Elon's coming yeah. A lot of change. A lot has changed. We're all like worried for our jobs. Why are you guys so worried though? You know, jobs are stake easy. Like, I, no, I, I, like, <laughs> I think it's just like the environment. Like you, you're there, and you become like safe. Calm. Calm. You don't know. We did all we can to like revolt against it. A lot of employees revolted against it. But at the end of the day, board of directors have a say, and then they acted on their best interests because they didn't want to get sued. I basically went and worked like four hours a week last quarter. That's just how it works for our company. Yeah, how would you describe communism besides Twitter? Essentially, like, everyone gets to do whatever they want. No one really cares about, like, optics, uh, like, capitalism. They don't care about numbers. They care about, like, how to make the business more efficient. But in Twitter, it's like, mental health everything. Like, if you're not feeling it, you can take a few days off. People take a month off, they'll come back. But you always, like, like do your best at any time. And that's the culture. And, you know, We'll run the business as much as possible. The capitalists would be like, you gotta generate profits or you're out. Uh, a lot of people would be survivors. 
Okay, so I know that was a long clip, but I had to play it in its entirety because there were so many bombshell quotes, starting off with, of course, Twitter being commie AF, the fact that Twitter's all about mental health. And like, if you just need to take a day off, like, just take it off. Like, we're not like a capitalist. You know, if you just, you really need that time for your mental health, you can take that. Yeah, that's not going to fly for Elon Musk and uh, the... Twitter senior engineer that was captured in this video has already deleted his Twitter account. Oh, I wonder why that was. And if you think just that video was damning enough because Elon Musk did respond to it and said, is this real? There was also another video that came out of... Um, Another, it'll say in the video who this person is exactly, but tied to Twitter, essentially. And he's calling out Elon Musk for having mental health issues. Elon Musk also responded to this video with a little sad face emoji. Very sad to see. But Project Veritas capturing the attention of verifiably one of the most powerful and influential people in America today. Let's watch the second video. It's like we want it to be as fair and transparent and accurate as possible. Yeah. And if that means there, there's a level of censorship to make it correct, quote unquote, again, and what does correct mean? I guess like, it's just kind of goes into the idea of like, well, what is correct? If we're implementing all these rules that there's, and Elon wants to dismantle them, then technically our ideology has led us to not making money because we're not making money. And Elon wants to turn it the other way so that we can make money. There's a statement they need all 7,000 people to say. And so they can't like tell us the like, he has Asperger's. Yeah, yeah, I know that. So he's special. Your special needs. You're literally special needs. So I can't even take what you're saying seriously. Yeah, Elon Musk saw that video of uh, Twitter's lead client partner saying that he's special needs and has Asperger's. And Elon replied with a sad emoji. And... All I got to say about these two videos is Twitter employees are in for a rude awakening. Now, if you guys have followed Elon Musk at all, his work ethic, the way that he runs companies efficiently, um, his firing and hiring process, these employees are not going to last a day, which is why they're freaking out. And again, this was not one, but two videos, separate people, multiple people admitting that the way that Twitter runs is not profitable for the company. So Elon is going to just barrel in there like a bull in a china shop and take these liberal woke employees to town. So guess what? To everybody who's been censored on Twitter, myself included, to the Twitter employees that did that, I hope it was worth it. I really do. Because you guys are headed towards the uh, CNN plus employee job line. And uh, you know what? Many people say don't bask in your in the destruction of your enemies. And I don't wish unemployment on people who are undeserving of it. But if you're a grown ass adult who has to take a month off of work for your mental health, then you probably deserve to be unemployed. I'm going to be quite honest with you. So those two videos came out, caught the attention of Elon Musk. The left is in a complete spiral and Twitter employees are sweating. On top of that, Elon Musk called on the Securities and Exchange Commission to investigate Twitter's actual user numbers because they want to investigate 
If Twitter has been inflating user numbers to fool investors, a possible criminal violation, and that's what the implication of Elon Musk calling for this investigation would be. So Twitter not having the best time. I unfortunately wasn't able to download this video, but Elon Musk... Um, called out Joe Biden. He was a part of a teleconference and he was speaking. So many things got clipped out of this. One of the most telling clips was uh, Elon Musk saying that the real president is whoever is running the teleprompter in regards to Joe Biden and the entire crowd burst out in laughter. Again, I will put this video, the link to it down below because I don't want you guys to just take my word for things. I want you to watch and hear for yourself how the average, not just American, but world citizen feels about Biden and his administration. He's a laughingstock. Elon Musk is clowning this entire administration and everybody's laughing along because they're fully aware that Joe Biden is incompetent and he has no idea what's going on. Keeping on the Elon Musk train, he also puts this out today. Another damning blow to Democrats and anybody on the left. He said, in the past, I voted Democrat because they were mostly the kindness party, but they have become the party of division and hate. So I can no longer support them and will vote Republican. Now watch their dirty tricks campaign against me unfold. Elon knows full well the intense backlash he's going to face for trying to bring free speech back to Twitter. He knows the intention intense backlash that he's already faced in calling out the hypocrisy of the mainstream media and various politicians. So the Twitter side of things, the big tech side of things is starting to collapse and it's starting to crumble. We felt that big tech was so powerful. We watched as many rhinos, okay, not even Republicans, rhinos, had all of their Senate judiciary hearings and all of these judiciary hearings about big tech and how Jack Dorsey was doing this or that, or Mark Zuckerberg was silencing this or that, or Mark Zuckerberg was involved in election fraud via his big tech manipulation or his contributions to various organizations. And then as per usual, it was like, oh, Ted Cruz, you know, he really called him out, but our Congress and our politicians never do anything. Elon Musk, just by even offering to buy Twitter, has exposed and done more for free speech for the average American citizen than our entire Congress has, than our entire president has, our entire government has. So big ups to Elon Musk on that front. And if you want to be a black pills hater and say, well, Elon's not perfect because of this or that, or I didn't like that Elon said this or that wrong channel for you. Go find somewhere else. If you want to be all doom and gloom, I like to look at the positive side of things. And this is a big positive step that Elon Musk is willing to bring free speech back to big tech, that they're crumbling and that the leftist woke employees that ruined my life, my career and various others of my friends, because this isn't, isn't just a me thing. This is for all independent journalists nationwide and worldwide who have been silenced by these communists who want to sign this free speech. Guess what? Your time is coming. Karma's coming for you. And I'm taking this as a big win. So that's one of the ways that the left is in complete free fall, but it keeps getting better, you guys. Okay. It's just like, how does it keep getting better? It keeps getting better. Trust me. On top of that, do you remember Nina Jankowitz, the head of the disinformation governance board that was singing, who do I have to F to be rich and famous? That's all I want to do. And we had to listen to horrific singing time and time again. And she had all of these videos coming out about how, well, it's not conservatives that are censored 
online. It's actually the left and Democrats. We are so silenced. If you don't believe that either, played it in my last video, my last podcast, go check that out. Well, it turns out that the Disinformation Governance Board wasn't very popular and that Americans didn't really want Joe Biden's Ministry of Truth, especially after we've been lied to for the past year and a half profusely about what we've been seeing with our own eyes and hearing with our own ears. The first catalyst to fall is uh, Nina herself. She officially resigned from Biden's Disinformation Governance Board and from the Department of Homeland Security. That news broke this morning and it was a beautiful thing to wake up and see. Uh, from AP News, the new Disinformation Board paused amid free speech questions. The Department of Homeland Security on Wednesday paused a new and controversial board's work on disinformation and accepted the resignation of its leader, capping weeks of concern about infringing on free speech rights and frenzied conspiracy theories about the board itself. Conspiracy theories, okay. Okay, whatever. So um, this goes on to talk about how the DHS wanted to uh, treat disinformation as a national security threat and that this new initiative would coordinate efforts around threats of Russian disinformation campaign, a.k.a., uh, you know, make sure to plant those Russian disinformation seeds ahead of 2024 to discredit anybody who's in the right wing as a Russian agent, which we've already been seeing them do time and time again. But guess what? That board has now been halted because everybody knew that was a bad idea coming from the same administration that boldface lies to us every single day. They lie to us so much that even Jeff Bezos is calling this out, okay? Jeff Bezos, who is the creator of Amazon. Not a lot of people like him because they're like, yeah, he's a rich billionaire that, uh, you know, takes advantage of his employees. But even Jeff Bezos is like, yo, bro, you can't keep lying to us like this. Like, what the hell are you doing? Um, from Joe Biden, or from Joe Biden's assistant, let's be honest, because Joe Biden doesn't know how to tweet. He probably doesn't even know how Twitter works. Joe Biden's official Twitter account says, you want to bring down inflation? Let's make sure the wealthiest corporations pay their fair share. And then Jeff Bezos responds with, the newly created disinformation board should review this tweet, or maybe they need to form a non sequitur board instead. Raising corporate taxes is fine to discuss. Taming inflation is critical to discuss. Mushing them together is just misdirection. And again, I'm not the biggest fan of Jeff Bezos, but he's completely right in saying this. Joe Biden keeps trying to say, well, the wealthy aren't paying their fair share, which is why inflation is so high. No, I will I will show you guys why inflation is so high. And again, because I'm not an astrophysicist, billionaire scientist, I'll get somebody who is to explain it to you. This one was Elon Musk the other day on why inflation is so bad, okay? A lot of people think that this is an issue that they can't wrap their mind around. They're like, inflation, I don't get it. What is that? Here is Elon Musk, one of the smartest men in the world, laying this out for you in layman's terms as to why inflation is so bad and how Joe Biden and his entire administration and our government is contributing to that. Watch this clip. Jeff's, uh, Bezos's tweet back and forth with Biden, um, where Biden, I think, was talking about inflation. inflation, but then he correlated that to taxing corporations. And Bezos said, this is misinformation and disinformation, et cetera, et cetera. What do you what do you think about that whole exchange then back and forth? I mean, the, the obvious reason for inflation is that the government printed a zillion amount of more money than it had, uh, obviously. Um, so it, it's like the government can't just, uh, uh, you know, have um, issue checks far in excess of revenue without there being inflation. 
um, you know, velocity of money held constant. So unless there's something would, would change with velocity of money, but but, but it's it just the, 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 if the federal government writes checks, they don't they never bounce. So that is effectively creation of more of more dollars. And if if there are more dollars created than the increase in the goods and services output of the economy, then you have inflation again. Velocity of money held constant. Um, but so. Uh, this is just this is very basic. Uh, this is not like uh, you, you know uh, super complicated. Um, and and if, if if the government could just issue uh, massive amounts of money and have a, and, and deficits didn't matter, then well, why don't we just make the deficit a hundred times bigger? Okay, yeah. and the answer right. is you can't because it, it will basically turn the dollar into something that is worthless. So. Um, and, and various countries have have tried this experiment multiple times. It's not like, oh, I wonder what happens if this if if, if this is done. Yeah. Have you seen Venezuela? Like the the poor people of Venezuela are, you know, have been just run roughshod by their government. Um, and so obviously you can't simply uh, create money. Yeah, you can't simply create money again to you, the leftists who maybe stumble upon this show and be like, Sav's just 25 years old. She doesn't know anything about the economy or inflation rates. She's an idiot. OK, there you go. Elon Musk just laid it out for you. You can't keep printing trillions of dollars and then flooding our market with a currency that is worth nothing while simultaneously shutting down our economy and our supply chain. So we're not producing any product. What do you think is going to happen? Um, there's another thing called stagflation, where basically we have so much money, but not enough product. So all the product gets bought up because people have the money, but there's no product being produced. And then the riot, the price of everything goes up. That's a whole nother issue that we will be and are dealing with right now. But Biden continues to lie to us. And the average American knows it. MSNBC went and pulled the average American and was like, hey, how are you feeling about the price of food lately in America? And I think it was not even one out of seven people agreed with how Joe Biden is running the country and the price of living. But he continues to lie to us. Biden a week ago wrote this tweet. My plan attacks inflation and grows our economy by lowering the cost for working families, giving workers a well-deserved raise, reducing the deficit by historic levels, making big corporations and the wealthiest Americans pay their fair share. So let's just go ahead and break this down. Since Joe Biden and his entire administration are liars, the mainstream media are liars, fact checkers are liars. So let me go ahead and just do the work for everybody since everyone in society is too busy taking a damn mental health day to actually research some stuff. So let's just go ahead and start with lowering costs for working families. How the hell are you going to lower costs for working families, Joe Biden, when you continue to push these bad COVID policies on people and you shut down our entire supply chain and people from working? That was you, homeboy. You continue to hinder people and continue to hinder our supply chain and blame Russia for our, our crisis and our issue, blame Russia and Ukraine and all of these various other factors that are a very, very minute issue on the grand scheme of things. So lowering costs for working families, okay, that's directly related to the gas prices, right? Yes. Yes, it is. The gas prices that have reached new historic highs, the average in each state about $4 per gallon. I've never paid so much for gas in my life. Even my Toyota Corolla is expensive to fill up at this point. 
we'll get into that in a moment. But um, another thing I want to point out is, you know, Joe Biden talked about how he wants these corporations to pay their fair share. I brought this article up in a previous show, and I'm going to bring it up again, how PayPal shuttered its San Francisco office. And of course, in the article, they try to say, oh, well, it's because people can work remotely. No, the truth of the matter is, and um, that's why the individual in this article decided to anonymously give this tip. Um, it's been speculated that the reason behind the move um, of PayPal out of San Francisco is because San Francisco's Prop C, which levied a tax upon any San Francisco business that earned more than $50 million in gross receipts, um, they would be taxed that, and then those proceeds would be directed towards housing and services in an attempt to address the city's challenges with homelessness. So a lot of these various Democrat-run states, a lot of these um, governments, a.k.a. Biden right now, saying that the wealthy need to pay their fair share, they are stopping these corporations from wanting to do business in San Francisco. Remember that in New York City, Amazon tried to set up a warehouse that would have created 25,000 jobs, and AOC said, no, we don't want Amazon here, and then was super happy about Amazon not opening up over there, even though it would have made the entire area more prosperous and would have brought in more American jobs. But what do Democrats and what do these insane progressives do. They celebrate the destruction of America and they celebrate the tax on these corporations while not being aware that these same corporations are like, okay, bet, I'm just going to take all my jobs overseas where I'm not going to get taxed, where I'm actually not going to be punished for making money. As I have gotten more successful in this industry and I've started to make more money and gotten into new tax brackets, I'm more aware than ever that the more money you make in this country, the more that you're punished. The more money you make, the more successful you become. Because keep in mind, with me being becoming more successful, now my next move is, okay, I would love to hire somebody to work with me. But guess what? My taxes now are so much higher than they previously were. Elon Musk paid how many millions or billions of dollars in taxes? And then Elizabeth Warren goes and lies about it. So when Joe Biden and our government and these politicians say, well, we'll just make the wealthy pay their fair share. One, they already are doing that. They they pay the majority of taxes in this country. And two, you're only hurting the average American citizen and taking jobs away from Americans by driving away corporations to other countries because they're not going to just stay around and get taxed out the ass. Like that makes no sense. So let me just go ahead and debunk that portion of Joe Biden's tweet. Now, let's go into the next portion of this, okay? So we had the um, lowering costs for working families, making big corporations and the wealthiest Americans pay their fair share, reducing the deficit by historic levels. Elon Musk basically laid it out there how Joe Biden would do that, a.k.a. just saying, okay, well, we're going to make the deficit. Uh, we're just going to, you know, reduce it by saying we're reducing it, that that's literally it. We're just going to say, just like, you know, how the Federal Reserve just kind of prints money and then somehow in some way, even though it's not backed by gold, it just has value behind it. Yes, that's exactly what this administration is trying to do. Going back to the inflation rates, the printing of our dollar, um, are you guys aware that Biden announced a $5 billion fund to cities for bike paths, wider sidewalks and more speed cameras? Yeah. So Fed keeps printing money, flooding our market with a currency that has no value. And then the Biden administration is sending billions of our taxpayer dollars 
to cities for bike paths and wider sidewalks. The White House said it has released $110 billion in funding from the $1 trillion infrastructure package. Okay, these are big numbers, my friends. This isn't just like, oh yeah, Joe Biden's sending $200,000 for some bike paths. No, $5 billion for bike paths. I'm sorry. But is your average American taking their bike to work? Maybe in San Francisco where, oh, wait a minute, all of the corporations are shut down because the homeless crisis is so bad. Yeah, the Biden administration is allocating these funds to things that aren't even going to help the average American. And we can keep going, my my friends, because it's not just $5 billion to bike paths and wider sidewalks. It's also... Um, Indian military aid packages, okay? So the U.S. is seeking to wean India from Russian weapons with an arms aid package. This package, under consideration, would include foreign military financing to India of as much as $500 million. So the U.S. is preparing this military aid package, and they want to deepen the security ties and reduce the country's dependence on Russian weapons. Um, That is the U.S. and India. So, you know, I'm reading through this entire article, too, about how they want to send 500 million to India. And again, too, you want to look into what we're doing with Ukraine. We're sending 40 billion dollars to Ukraine as well. Many people not fully aware that this in itself is essentially a declaration of war between Russia. And I accidentally closed out my article, but I had one open here. As to what this $40 billion would be allocated to, the majority of it would be going to the Pentagon and to uh, military arms suppliers, think Raytheon and all of these other companies that create these weapons for war that our corrupt politicians continue to make money off of. Representative Chip Roy was um, on the Senate floor today and pose the question, okay, if we're going to have a proxy war and we're going to give $40 billion to Ukraine because we want to look all fancy with our blue and yellow ribbons and feel good about ourselves, maybe we should actually have a debate about this in the chamber. And he basically asked the question, I'm wondering when we voted to go to war, because that is what sending this $40 billion to Ukraine is. It's essentially a declaration of, okay, so we're actually going to be on Ukraine's side for this. And we're sending $40 billion to them. Oh, and baby formula too, by the way, we're going to spend $5 billion on uh, bike paths and wider sidewalks for all of the people that aren't working. If you're actually a working class American citizen, we're just going to put up more speed cameras so that the government can give you more tickets and take more money out of your pocket if you're speeding on the way to work. And um, on top of that, we're going to lower the cost for working families by shutting down more oil and gas leases across the country, making gas even more expensive for everybody. The Houston Chronicle put this article out headlined, what does Joe Biden have to do with high fuel prices? I mean, is Joe Biden really to blame? I'm not even going to read this article because it would be a waste of my time and energy. The fact that this is even a question being posed is ridiculous. And it was highlighted by Twitter. That's the reason I brought it up was because it was highlighted by Twitter. Is Biden really to blame? for the rising gas prices. You know, fact checkers would beg to differ. Okay, let me fact check the fact checkers and the lying disinformation governance board and entire Biden administration. Oh, you guys probably didn't hear about this one, did you? From the Hill, Biden administration cancels oil and gas lease sales in Alaska and the Gulf of Mexico. That's right, my friends. The Interior Department will not move forward with planned oil and gas lease sales in the Gulf of Mexico and Alaska and announced on Wednesday night. Shortly after taking office, President Biden signed an executive order freezing all new oil and gas leasing on federal lands. So there you guys go. 
So if you want to know why gas is so expensive and then you're reading articles from the mainstream media that's lying to you and saying it's not Joe Biden's fault, actually it is because Joe Biden is the one that canceled these oil and gas leases. Joe Biden and all of these liberal judges are the ones that are stopping the drilling of oil in our own country that would bring down those gas prices immediately. Again, my father works in the oil field. I'm very familiar with this industry and he's talks to me about it all the time. And he said, hey, guess what? America can be energy independent. We don't need to depend on foreign countries for our oil and gas. But when you have a bad administration in office that is intent on handicapping American citizens and making life as difficult as possible for them, then, uh, you know, no oil drilling, the leases are going to get canceled and everyone's going to be paying a lot more money. So just a little recap of how Joe Biden is being called out. His entire administration is a laughingstock. He's being called out by one of the most powerful and influential men in America. And I do stand by that calling Elon Musk that because everybody has their eyes on Elon Musk. Anything that he says becomes national news. So if Elon Musk is at a conference clowning Joe Biden's administration saying that it's a joke and then in layman's terms laughing at our government because they don't understand basic inflation, another Huge blow to the Democratic left, to progressives who keep trying to push this nonsense green energy BS on all of us. By the way, big announcement, I will be going to Switzerland this Friday and I will be covering Davos, the World Economic Forum meeting, all of the global world leaders that are going to be coming together and trying to figure out how to put us under one world government, I will be with Rebel News the entire week next week covering that in Switzerland. So uh, stay tuned for that. Go follow my Truth Social account and my Instagram so you can find out how to support me on that trip and you can follow my coverage there. Uh, so just had to let you guys know about that big announcement while we're in the show. Going back to modern day America, though, and our news, uh, because I think we really laid out the reality of why the inflation rates are bad and the gas prices. Let's keep going. Let's keep going, because Joe Biden promised to lower the average living cost for American families, right? Well, that's really funny because per Breitbart, grocery store prices are up 10.8% most in nearly 42 years as Americans face higher prices on hamburger meat, baby food, chicken, bacon, soup, and coffee. It got even more dip difficult in April for American families to put food on the kitchen table in January as food prices rose 9.4% compared with a year earlier. And this data comes from the Department of Labor, from this past Wednesday. So the average price of food is up. I went and I did reporting last week where I went to the inner cities of Dallas, Texas, and I asked the residents there, hey, what's been going on in your local grocery store? Have you been noticing empty grocery shelves? How has this been impacting you? And they all told me I've never seen an empty milk uh refrigerator before, but our milk is gone. Our bread is gone. We can barely afford chicken wings. We can't afford ground beef. So the average American can barely pay for their own groceries. And on top of that, we also have the baby formula shortage that we've been dealing with. Now, James Lindsay put this on his Twitter and it says shot and chaser. And the shot is from the New York Times. A baby formula shortage leaves desperate parents searching for food. And the chaser is Operation Ukraine boxes baby formula to send overseas. Now, many people might ask the question, okay, was this shipment of 
baby formula to Ukraine really impactful to Americans? Is the baby formula being shipped to the border actually impacting Americans? If you Google this, PolitiFact might tell you, no, donations of baby formula to Ukraine did not help cause the current U.S. shortage. But in their own article, you can actually read right here where it says one 21-ounce can of Enfamil formula costs around $30 and the $10,000 purchase made by Operation Ukraine to send baby formula to a foreign country would purchase about 333 cans. Now, in this PolitiFact article, they say that's not nearly enough to have an effect on a nationwide shortage. I would beg to differ because the grocery store shelves here are completely empty. So 333 cans of baby formula could have been enough for one can of baby formula for 333 families. So you know, the baby formula, I've talked to some mothers about it, will last babies about a month, but that could have been the life or death situation for some mom who has a baby newborn that she can't breastfeed for some reason and needs formula. Well, guess what? Your can of Enfamil is actually headed to Ukraine or maybe to the border. I don't know. Choose one. All we know is that every single country and every single resident of every country outside of America is given priority because Joe Biden's entire entire motto is America last. Now, going to the baby formula shortage as well, many people have said that this is a manufactured shortage by our government, especially since the FDA has reached a deal with Abbott factories to reopen their baby formula factory. And this basically goes into how the this factory was shut down On Monday evening, baby formula producer Abbott announced it had reached a deal with the Food and Drug Administration, laying out a path to reopen a factory in Sturgis, Michigan, that shut down amid recalls earlier this year, contributing to the current shortage. In a statement, the company confirmed that it has entered into a consent decree with the FDA um, on the benchmarks required to resume production and ensure the facility meets safety guidelines. So... Many people asking the question, of course, why did it take the entire mainstream media and every grocery store being completely out of baby formula for our government to finally step up and say, oh, okay, maybe we should try to like reopen the factory that's like, you know, supposed to be making baby formula because there's like a shortage and moms are giving their babies formula that's making them sick because they can't feed them. That's our government. And that's what I want to highlight with this, okay? Because many people might say, oh, it's conspiracy that it's a government uh, manufactured shortage. Okay, ask yourself the question, why did it take the entire country calling out the baby formula shortage? Why did it take independent journalists and the media going and talking to mothers about how their newborn infants are starving for the FDA to actually finally reach a deal with Abbott factories to restart reproduction? Can somebody answer me that question? Why is it that when the Biden administration, Jen Psaki, was asked, hey, what's going on with the baby formula shortage? She had no idea what was going on. Why? Why is that? Why is it that our our administration had no idea and that they didn't want to do anything about this crisis or issue until Americans forced them to do so by putting it at the forefront of their priorities? Because our government hates us. And that's not me being dramatic. They truly do. And I say that because look at who is above Americans. The illegal immigrants flooding our borders. I have some crazy footage coming up here in a minute. The Ukrainians in a completely different country that we are trying to fund the proxy war of right now. That is our government. They don't care about us. And if they did, they would do something as simple as, you know, 
maybe helping us with the baby formula shortage, but no. And then, of course, we have our handy-dandy media coming in. Uh, this is from Vox saying that breastfeeding isn't free and it isn't a solution to the nation's baby formula shortage, guys. So, you know, I know a lot of people are saying that breastfeeding is actually better for your baby, but, like, we're going to tell you why it's bad. And then they go through this whole entire long thread about how breastfeeding is actually more expensive how, <laughs> because you have to buy a breast pump and you have to have bags to store your breast milk in. And this is the part I want to focus in on here too. Breastfeeding is also time intensive and comes with a mental and physical price. A year of breastfeeding adds up to roughly 1800 hours. It's basically a full-time unpaid job considering 40 hour work weeks and three weeks of vacation totals 1960 work hours per year. And then they have this graphic of this woman who has her hands over her face and it says significant loss of time judgment from strangers, exhaustion, and loss of bodily autonomy, because this is what the modern day society wants us to view children as. Why do you think all of these abortionists say, well, it's just a fetus, it's just a clump of cells? Because they're trying to dehumanize what these little babies are. So that way it's okay to kill them. So that way when you're a mom and, uh, you know, breastfeeding is a little bit difficult, just put your baby on formula. Just let the government take care of your baby for you because it's just so hard and it's like emotional and it's exhausting. And it's not like you're getting paid to take care of your baby. So it's just a waste of time. This is ridiculous to me. And this highlights perfectly how our society views babies, families, human beings. If you're not getting paid and compensated, it's a significant loss of time. That's how they want moms and women specifically to view children as a waste of time, as something that's going to impede their career. So that way it's easier to get them to kill their babies and Again, these are all things that are tied and connected together. Another horrible thing that has been brought to light in response to the baby formula shortage is men lactating. Now, this is an article from back in 2018. Yes, trans women can breastfeed. Here's how. And it goes into how biological men can make themselves and force themselves to lactate. Uh, a lot of members of the trans community have been recirculating this article because of the baby formula shortage. And then I found this article that says male breastfeeding posts sparks concerns on social media. And you guys, this is just so freaking disturbing. And I just... <sighs> We're going to get through this together. Uh, so basically, this male to female transgender posted this Reddit thread that says, oh my gosh, I'm breastfeeding my daughter. He's been working with a lactation consultant to induce lactation, and he chalked himself full of a chemical cocktail to be able to breastfeed his child. Now, I want to show you guys, let me see if I can find it in here, all of the different, here it is. So on Reddit, users offered congratulations and asked him for advice on how to replicate his results with lactation. In the comment section, Admiral Fisticuffs provided a step-by-step -step guide detailing when to use an electric breast pump and which cocktail of hormones he had to take to be able to lactate. He also notes he had to illicitly import Domperidone from Canada as it is not approved for the U.S. So this man is feeding his baby his nipple discharge that was created via a cocktail of chemicals and an illegal drug in the U.S., uh, yeah, 
So a lot of uh, this retired physician, uh, Redux, the news organization that wrote up this article, talked to this retired physician named Dr. Maja Bowen, who says that she's had several concerns about the practice. She's quoted saying what comes out of a man's nipple is not mother's milk, but a watery substance devoid of antibodies and nutrients that are found in the mother's milk, the composition of which changes as the baby grows up. So uh, basically there's no evidence that the lactation produced by men has any nutritional value. And I was also just super confused about this. And I was like, okay, how in the hell does a man even lactate? How does that work? So it's the cocktail of chemicals. And then I just did a quick Google search and I found out that liver cirrhosis can cause lactation in men by disrupting the organs normal hormone metabolizing function. So these men are literally destroying their bodies to be able to lactate and feeding their babies chemical discharge that's coming out of their nipple. Welcome to the modern day. It's even worse than the horror movies made it out to be. Anyway, gosh, I said this was going to be a happy show. And then I went into lactating men. And now I just want to go crawl in a hole and never come out again. Let's keep going. Another big thing that's been in the news is the shooting that happened in Buffalo this past weekend by a white man against the black community. There was also another shooting in Santa Ana, California. Uh, This gunman was Chinese and he targeted the Taiwanese in a deadly attack at a California church. Now, the media highlighted one of these shootings and focused in on one of these shootings extensively. The Biden administration visiting one of these communities. Which community do you think it was? Do you think it was the white man who shot up the black community that got all of the media attention and the visit from the Biden administration? Or do you think that it was the Chinese gunman who attacked the Taiwanese that got the media attention and a visit from the Biden administration. Well, you're very smart people, so you already know the answer to that one. It is, of course, the white man who the media is now framing as a right-wing extremist Republican Nazi that got all of the media attention, not the Chinese national that went and shot up the Taiwanese. Now, Kyle Rittenhouse was trending when this first broke the Buffalo shooting story and blue checkmark liberals like Tristan Snell said, remember when we said that acquitting Kyle Rittenhouse would embolden the next Kyle Rittenhouse to be far worse? Yeah. And then it got a hundred thousand likes because people think that Kyle Rittenhouse, who was defending himself from communists that were trying to kill him is equatable to this actually like leftist eco-fascist terrorist Okay, who went on a killing spree that targeted the black community. Now, this Buffalo shooter put out a manifesto. Apparently, it was like 100 plus pages long. I wanted to read the manifesto for myself because the left wing is saying that this is a right wing extremist. And the right wing is saying, well, this guy was actually um, a rampant leftist. Let me see if I can find this tweet from the quartering. He says the shooter in Buffalo was an authoritarian leftist who hated Fox News. Source, his own words. Dude was closer to Vouch than Tucker Carlson. This is why they won't publish the entire manifesto. Now, let me highlight the entire problem with the mainstream today. I wanted to read 
the manifesto for myself so I could accurately report to you guys what the political leaning and ideology of this shooter was, because I think that is important, right? Who's being, who's radicalizing who in society? Who's held responsible for this racist mass shooting? Well, guess what? I searched on DuckDuckGo and Google and I couldn't find the manifesto. All I could find was leftist publications talking about how horrible this manifesto is, how nobody should read it, and how he was verifiably a right-wing extremist. But I can't read the actual manifesto. Now, I've been hearing again from the white wing that this guy was radicalized by the left wing, that he was actually very liberal, and that he hated Fox News that he was a self-described like eco-fascist. But guess what? I don't know that to be verifiable fact because I can't find the damn manifesto because our entire media is intent on shielding the truth from us. So that's one angle to this story. The other angle is that Joe Biden immediately went to Buffalo. He went yesterday. Meanwhile, as Matt Walsh pointed out, when a black supremacist committed a massacre at a Christmas parade in Waukesha, the president of the United States refused to visit the victims nearly a month after the attack. He sent his wife for a photo op. And why was that? It's because the attack in Waukesha was perpetuated by a black supremacist who ran over a bunch of white people. So of course the media didn't care about that. It was out of the news cycle in a day. But of course, when it's a white radical man who goes shoots up a black community, Biden immediately there personally. Now, Peter Ducey asked our new press secretary, Corinne Jean-Pierre, who's verifiably even worse than Jen Psaki. I didn't even know that could be a thing. Uh, I didn't have time to do a show last week. Maybe I did. I can't even remember at this point. I've been traveling so much. But basically, uh, Jen Psaki's last day as press secretary was last Friday. We now have Corinne Jean-Pierre, who introduced herself as the first black, lesbian, LGBTQ, whatever the hell she is person to take this position. Because, again, that's all she's qualified as is a black gay person. That's her qualifications because the entire administration is appointing people to these high positions leading our nation because of the color of people's skin, because of their gender or because of their sexual orientation. So, uh, you know, that's an entirely different issue. But Peter Ducey asking our new press secretary, hey, why is it that Joe Biden didn't want to go and visit one community, but he went to visit another? Uh, this is what she had to say. And then just one on the trip tomorrow. How come the president is visiting Buffalo after a senseless tragedy there, but he couldn't visit Waukesha after six were killed and 61 injured in an attack on a Christmas parade there? I mean, he's visited many communities. Buffalo, he was, we, you know, he was, he's able to go tomorrow to Buffalo uh, uh, before the trip. That is something that was important for him to do. But he has visited many, uh, many other communities. This is not, Buffalo is not the first community, sadly, that he has to go up to uh, because of a violent attack. So, you know, that's not that's not the first one. So he's been to many others. Yeah, guys, like he's been to many other communities, so it doesn't really matter. So stop asking me this question. So just so we're all aware of this administration, unless you are a part of the LGBTQ community, a minority, or they uh, they like whatever gender you are, Biden doesn't care about you. If you are a white cisgender male in America, Joe Biden's administration hates you. And if you think that I'm being dramatic, how many more examples do I need to give to you?
And again, the same stupid politicians continue to elevate this rhetoric of, oh, we have such a big white supremacy and gun issue in this country. And every single time I see a mass shooting like this, I'm like, you know what? The Democrats are just using this to push more gun control on people because that's what they do. If they really cared about gun crime and gun control, they would be highlighting every single damn weekend in Chicago, okay, because it's like a war zone. They call it Chirac for a reason. But of course, when it is politically convenient, we have the same dumb politicians like Eric Swalwell, who tweeted this out. And I swear this has to be a joke, but also it's Eric Swalwell. So maybe he genuinely put this out. If he did, it's just a testament again to his stupid character. He tweets out, my four-year-old just FaceTimed to ask what I'm doing to help the people in Buffalo. And why did the bad man do this? Absolutely gutting. This cannot be his normal. It's time to ban assault weapons and gun violence. And then he goes, I love the no four-year-old would ask this takes. You're in absolute denial if you think our kids aren't watching the horrors we are allowing. And then Dana Lash, who is a big two-way proponent, says, yeah, assault weapons are already banned in New York, Eric. So if anything, maybe if more people were armed, we could have probably prevented this or stopped it from being a mass casualty event. But of course, the media always conveniently overlooking that fact. I also had another interview from Fox News where they went and they interviewed one of the citizens who lives in Buffalo. And he was a black man that was like, yeah, this shooting makes me think that more Americans should be armed because... What's going to stop a criminal with a gun? A law-abiding citizen who's obeying the law and doesn't have a gun? No. No. You're going to wait 15 minutes for the police to show up? No, we need to be putting more guns in every single American's hands, not the opposite. Another big issue in regards to this story is that the left-wing politicians and media are now trying to use this Buffalo Shooter Manifesto to attack Tucker Carlson and silence more people on the right wing. Now, apparently in his manifesto, he mentioned the great replacement theory, which I'm about to highlight as a true thing with all of the coverage that Bill Malusian has been getting at the border. When I tell you that this is a damn invasion, like it really is, I'll show you the footage. But the great uh, replacement theory is basically the media phrases it as a, a white supremacist theory about how white people are being replaced in this country. But again, if you look at our demographic, if you look at all of the policies, the open borders, if you look at the fact that we are being invaded and flooded as we speak, uh, yeah, I believe in that theory too. It looks very real. It really does. But of course, the left trying to use this as an opportunity to blame the right wing and Tucker Carlson for a mass shooting and then paint us all as white supremacists. Listen to Joe Biden, who was asked uh, about this question the other day. Do you believe that uh, certain members of Congress, the Republican Party, as well as Tucker Carlson, who have echoed the replacement theory, deserve some blame for violence? I believe anybody who echoes the replacement is to blame, not for this particular crime. But it's, it's for no purpose, no purpose, except profit and or political benefit. And it's wrong. It's just simply wrong. What more can you do on... So there you guys go. Um, the reason why these reporters asking Joe Biden that question is because politicians and other members of the media want Tucker Carlson shut down. They want people on the right wing shut down. They want anybody in society that's telling the truth about is what is happening in our country with our demographics, specifically with the the reason why our borders are open. I'm going to play you a video here in a moment. 
they want all of that covered up. So Chuck Schumer actually sent a letter to Rupert Murdoch calling for an end to amplification of the great replacement theory. And uh, Rupert Murdoch is an executive of Fox News and the Fox Corporation. And so Chuck Schumer calling for Tucker Carlson to be silenced because he's reporting on the flood at our southern border because Tucker Carlson is utilizing his freedom of the press to hold accountable our politicians who have allowed our country to be flooded by illegals. Chuck Schumer now writing a letter to one of the executives of Fox News trying to Tucker Carlson shut down. And then, of course, too, we have so many politicians um Echoing this rhetoric of, oh, the great replacement theory, it's just white supremacist and white nationalism and it has to be stopped. Okay, what about Jennifer Rubin highlighting the Washington Post that says census data shows widening diversity, number of white people falls for the first time. And then she celebrates it saying a more diverse, more inclusive society. This is fabulous news. Now we need to prevent minority white rule. So we have people on the left consistently celebrating that white people are being replaced and that the white population is going down in this country. And I'm about to jump over to the border news to just physically show you guys with your own two eyes what is happening at our southern border. But be fully aware of what this administration, what these politicians and what these media members are trying to do when they target people who are trying to highlight the reality of what is going on. Um, this was Pat. Murray, who is a senator of Washington state, saying that Republicans have to denounce the great replacement because if they don't, they're just so bad. And it's just such a bad theory. Listen to this. And then I'm going to show you why they want the great replacement theory silenced and people to look away from it. So here is Patty Murray. Every single one of us should be able to denounce not just the shooter, but the racist lies and the white supremacist ideology that motivated that attack. What are we hearing from Republicans? Crickets. And that silence is speaking volumes. Okay, so that's all I care about with that clip. The point of that is that we have a lot of these politicians, again, on the left that are trying to say, yeah, look away from that. That's a lie. It's white supremacy. You can't say that. And why is that? It's because the reality of the open borders is that they are trying to change our demographics and therefore change the vote in a lot of these states. Let's just go ahead and listen to Jerry Nadler speaking about... um, how, you know, maybe we could get potential illegals to turn into voters. Well, no, this is a recent action. It was just no, passed in December. No, that, that, that is not correct. Uh, non-citizens uh, have not been eligible to vote in New York or, for, as far as I know, in any other state uh, since the 19th century. That's not true. The New York City Council voted in December to allow this. It begins January 9, 2023. Cities in Vermont and Maryland already allow this, and similar measures are under consideration in Illinois, Maine, and, and uh, Massachusetts right now. Mr. Gentleman, will you? Yes. Uh, I believe those are um, considerations of allowing votes in municipal elections only. Right, but but th- th- thank you, that's the point. <laughs> Everybody wants to know at home, why would they allow this? Guys, they're allowing it because they're gonna turn them into voters. They already are doing this in New York City, largest city in America, and this is the plan of our friends on this side to turn all the illegals into voters. That's. 
So that was a hearing on the 11th of this month. And again, just another reiteration of why our borders are so open and how in New York, we already have people that are not American citizens voting in various elections. Even if it's at a local level, understand that that's the gateway into illegal aliens flooding our country and voting in our presidential elections. Can you go to Mexico and go vote for their president? Can you go to Russia or Ukraine or any other country in the world and go vote in their elections? No. So why the hell are we allowing this at home? Now, going back to the whole great replacement theory, whatever you want to call it, I will just call it open borders because that's what it is. Let's take a peek at what's going on at our border ahead of the... So... Title 42, I believe, is not going to be repealed. A federal judge did block that. But a lot of the illegal immigrants are saying, yeah, we're still coming across the border anyway. And I know the Biden administration is still pushing to repeal Title 42. Now, ahead of that, this is what we're seeing at the border. From reporter Bill Malusian, he says, breaking, this comes from two days ago, there were 234,088 migrants encountered at the southern border in April per a DHS court filing today. That's the highest number in DHS history. And as I read these for you, I'm going to play you some B-roll of what's been happening at our border. Um, This is from Eagle Pass. So let me play this B-roll while I read these stats to you, too. So it was 117,000 migrants were released into the U.S. in April. Over 113,000 were removed, including 96,000 expelled via Title 42. And if you're a podcast listener, the footage that I'm playing is an entire line of illegal immigrants coming into our country, getting loaded up on those Border Patrol buses. And these are the numbers that we're seeing and we're going to keep going. So that was an Eagle Pass. Um, ahead of the repeal for Title 42. I have more stats for you. Let me play you. This is also an Eagle Pass. Uh, This is per Bill Malusian, the biggest group he's seen so far, illegally crossing into Eagle Pass. It is an entire line of people crossing over the Rio Grande River into Texas. That's what this footage is. And then as we're watching Holy, this. Yeah, that's the biggest so far. Coming up live uh, on the live view, circuit 214. Good. There's and I more and more and more. Maybe the biggest crossing we've seen. Several hundred. It's going to be more than 200 people. Probably. Okay, we don't, we're not up yet, right? What's that? I'm offline, dude. I don't know what's yeah, happening. Yeah, we're, we're not up yet. No, I'll let you know. But it's, it's going to be good pictures. Okay, so this is Eagle Pass. This is Bill Malusian with Border Patrol, and they're just watching hundreds of people illegally cross into our country. Um, He put these stats out there as well. Uh, Per a DHS source, there were over 1,500 illegal crossings in the Yuma, Arizona sector in just the last 24 hours. This was two days ago. Yuma sector has seen over 200,000 since October 1st, numbers up 374% over last year. Del Rio sector over 1,200 in the last 24 hours, 258,000 since October 1st, up 147% over last year. So when Tucker Carlson reports on how illegal immigrants are coming in and replacing the average American, this is probably what he's referring to. And I can keep playing you guys this footage. 
Again, more coming in from Bill Malusian. This is drone footage of the enormous group that passed illegally into private property in Eagle Pass. This comes again from May 16th, two days ago. Apparently, this has happened every single day there this past week. A Texas soldier told Bill that there have been over 2,000 crossings in that specific spot over the last eight days. And for my podcast listeners, it looks like a bridge of people, okay? That's how many people are crossing over. They are make a consecutive line, hundreds of illegals pouring in. And like we just listened to during that uh, judiciary hearing or that Senate hearing in Congress between Jerry Nadler and another congressman, last name Johnson. I'm not aware of the first name. I should have looked that up. My apologies. But they're talking about how the Democrats are allowing our borders to be flooded in this way so that way they can influence these people with their votes, with money. And who's paying for all of this? The average American taxpayer. This is what is currently going on at our border. And it's so sad to see it. I have more footage for you as well. This is some more footage of Eagle Pass, and it is a group that walked up from the riverbank, climbed over a fence onto private property, and then despite barbed wire being placed at the top of this fence, they just pop on over. So there's a nice, nice big group there. So um, that's what's currently going on at our border. And then more footage from Bill Malusian. He said, we see this often driving around Eagle Pass, groups of migrants standing around by the road after they've crossed illegally and Border Patrol hasn't encountered them yet. Some want to be apprehended, others do not. I've gone down to Eagle Pass myself and I've gotten the same exact footage. I've watched as people make the journey across the Rio Grande. If they're lucky enough to make it across alive because many of them drown, then they wait for Border Patrol to come pick them up. I talked to the National Guardsmen down then they were saying that they were empathetic towards these illegal immigrants making this journey. But then they would try to give them bottles of water or food and the illegal immigrants would just open the bottles of water, pour them on the ground and throw the trash away because these people are entitled. I've seen it time and time again. When they make this long journey, they say, OK, great, I'm in the U.S. and they will wait for Border Patrol to come pick them up in their vehicle so they don't have to walk anymore. So that's the entitlement and that's the mentality of a lot of these illegals coming across. More pictures from Bill Malusian, Border Patrol in the El Paso sector. Okay, so we talked about Yuma, Arizona being flooded. We talked about Eagle Pass in Texas and now this is El Paso, Texas. There were more than 1,200 illegal crossings in the sector yesterday alone. He put this one up May 15th. They included Haitians, Cubans, Nicaraguans, and some from Turkey. And you're seeing these huge, huge groups of people. The Biden administration has had to make makeshift, um, <clears throat> I guess you could call them areas, tents, buildings for the influx of illegal immigrants flooding into our country. From Bill Malusian again, I think I have two more tweets on the border crisis. Oper uh, let's see here, Chip Roy talking about uh, operational control in regards to Bill Malusian saying that another enormous group of well over 100 plus crossing illegally into Eagle Pass, Texas right now in front of U.S. Border Patrol boat. Chip Roy saying this is operational control. Bill Malusian saying operational control probably doesn't mean having 300 plus known gotaways in six months. There were over 62,000 in March alone. And when these large groups need to be processed, that pulls Border Patrol agents off of patrol and allows more drugs and evaders to slip through elsewhere. And that is 
in response to some leftists, that's like, yeah, everyone's turning themselves into border patrol. So, you know, they're seeking asylum. This is entirely legal. Like, what are you guys talking about? Uh, for the first time, by the way, in history, I believe, the Mexican feds are going to be working with the U.S. forces. Um, the U.S. is providing razor wire to Mexico because they're doing everything that they can to try to prepare for the, uh, the repeal of Title 42 and the huge influx of people that is coming in. DPS making plans with um, federal agents in Mexico, transferring uh, razor wire to them. So the two countries now working together to try to quell this huge influx of illegal immigrants that are coming in. And along with the open borders comes a huge in uptick in fentanyl deaths from Politico. U.S. drug overdose deaths surpassed 107,000 last year, another record. This article came out last week. More than 107,000 Americans have died from drug overdoses in 2021, a new high for the United States as communities across the nation remain in the grip of a decades-long deadly opioid epidemic, according to new provisional data released by the CDC. So there you guys go. We're hitting record numbers of people dying from fentanyl in this country. We have the border completely open and flooded. If you actually look at the percentage of fentanyl that used to come in um, via international waters from China versus the percentage of fentanyl now coming across the Mexican border because it's wide open, that percentage has gone up exponentially. The Biden administration does not care about it. These liberal and woke corporations that again, are supposed to care about their employees and care about the average American. You think that American corporations would care about America and their country. You think that our government would care about America and our country. But no, everyone wants you focused in on LGBTQ nonsense and abortion nonsense and all of these other distractions. Getting into some of those distractions, because still well worth noting now that we're getting off the topic of the border, uh, apparently Starbucks is now saying it will be covering travel costs of employees seeking out-of-state abortions and gender-affirming care, aka if people try to change their gender, Starbucks is now going to be paying their employees to go get out-of-state abortions or to go change their gender because that's what American companies are focused in on. That's what the American government is focused in on, gender-affirming care and abortions. Good Lord. We also had another hearing today, Representative Mike Johnson. This is actually the same representative that was talking to Jerry Nadler in that other clip that I played. He asked an abortion activist, at what point is it not okay to abort a child? And he was talking with this activist because they're having hearings on abortion rights and access to abortion, blah, blah, blah. And um, this is apparently a doctor and this representative is asking her, OK, you know, at what point is it not OK to abort a child to which she couldn't give a response? Uh, what the hell is going on in this country? On top of that, uh, let me see if I have this clip here. It seems that. Oh, yep, I do have it here. She was asked if men could get abortions. This was her response. Arambide. Arambide. OK, um, what do you say a woman is? I believe that everyone can identify for themselves. Okay. Um, do, do you believe then that men can become pregnant and have abortions? Yes. Mm. So why we have abortion activists, doctors, Wasting our government officials' time 
with men can get abortions and men can get pregnant and abortion is healthcare. I'm not aware of. And again, the overturn of Roe v. Wade would simply put power back into the state's hands and whether or not they want to allow abortion in their specific states, which I'm fully behind, allow Americans to decide which government they would like to live under. These people are absolutely insane. But again, going back to the theme of this show, because I want to keep it jovial and happy because we are winning on multiple fronts. One of the most woke corporations who was really leading the charge and at the forefront of indoctrinating our kids and allowing liberals to prosper and throw their temper tantrums was Netflix. Well, Netflix finally decided that they don't want to go woke because they're going too broke. And uh, per fortune, Netflix delivered a clear message to their employees in a new culture guideline. If you don't like our content, then you can quit. And many people speculating that this is in response to Dave Chappelle and how all of the Netflix employees were like, we don't want Dave Chappelle's special on Netflix because like he was like rude to like trans people. And like, we just like can't do that. And so Netflix is like, okay, then quit, then don't work here. And it gets even better than that. Per kid screen, Netflix Netflix is laying off 150 staffers and canceling three kids projects. And what were those projects? They were wings of fire, anti-racist baby, and with kind regards from kindergarten, aka more animated projects that were geared towards indoctrinating your children with this LGBTQ, um, Black Lives Matter, racist propaganda. So, There's another big win, and there's another example of how these woke liberal employees are shaking in their boots because guess what? Their temper tantrums, their mental health is, and their victim-oppressed mentality is no longer going to work for them in society. Thank goodness that real adults are actually in charge and people are finally gaining sense of their common sense again and bringing back the truth to society and telling these grown adult babies to shove it. Now, another big issue in society is the indoctrination of our youth. This was a video of a mom from Clark County Schools, which is in Las Vegas. She's reading an assignment that her daughter was given, a very graphic assignment. The assignment was so graphic that when this mother went in front of the school board to go read it to them, they cut off her mic. Just another example of how... Liberal teachers are also being exposed to and our parents are getting pissed off and they don't want these woke cartoons targeted towards their children anymore. They don't want Disney indoctrinating their children anymore and they don't want liberal teachers at these schools having a say with what their children are supposed to be doing in regards to this graphic and pornographic content. Let's listen. Okay. Thank you. I'm going to read you an assignment given to my 15-year-old daughter at a local high school. This will be horrifying for me to read to you, but that will give you perspective on how she must have felt when her teacher required her to memorize this and to act it out in front of her entire class. I don't love you. It's not you. It's just, I don't like your dick or any dick in that case. I cheated, Joe. I'm sorry. This is propaganda. Forgive me. Excuse, me. Excuse me. I, I don't. Thank you so much for your. Thank you for your uh, comment. Forgive me. I, we're not using profanity. Are you? Okay. Wh- we have the time back. That's relevant. I okay. The teacher this, this required my daughter to read, memorize this, and read this pornographic material. Uh, excuse me. Please don't engage with the 
audience. Okay. Uh, sorry, so this is my please first continue time your here. public comment. Your your time is you've got one one minute and nineteen seconds. Um, I ask you simply. This is a public meeting. I ask for decorum, um, and I'm asking Dr. Jara. Thank you so much, Dr. Jara. If you don't want me to read it to you, what was that like for my 15-year-old daughter to have to memorize pornographic material and um, and memorize it and portray? So that's your average school board, and that's what the average child is being taught in public school. So we're being hit. Our children are being targeted by multiple different things, and... We're going to end the show with this video of a little boy who is being indoctrinated and his mom or caretaker is videotaping the entire thing because it highlights very well how these people influence children, how they target their malleable minds and manipulate them into thinking that they're a little girl when they're really a little boy. And while this video is disturbing and it highlights the indoctrination, we will end on a positive note because the fact that we're even able to watch this video and expose that this is happening to our children in itself is a good thing because we can see the issue, we can target it, and we can stand up against it like this mother did to her school board. So final video of the night, and then we'll wrap the show. Um, this poor child being indoctrinated by his caretaker into thinking he's a little girl. What makes you like dresses so much? I just like dresses. Do you think bright, pretty colors and dresses and sequins and jewels and golds, all the things that you always want to wear, mm -hmm. do you think that's your innermost you? Mm -hmm. It is. Well, how well, are you going to be your innermost you when we live in a place that people think clothing belongs to particular gender? It's a trick, isn't it? You know. So I'm not going to play the whole video, but it's on, it's from Libs of TikTok. Go watch it. But this caretaker, because I don't even know if that was this poor child's mom, is asking him these weird gender construct questions. I wouldn't even know how to answer that. I'd be like, lady, what the hell are you talking about? Children need guidance. Okay, that's why parents are traditionally a part of raising a child because children need guidance. They're little, they don't know what's going on. But when you have these types of groomers that are telling these children that, hey, are you sure you don't feel like a little girl today? Are you sure you don't want this dress? I know society says that because you're a boy, you can't wear a dress, but I'm telling you that you can. And you could also be a little girl if you want. What do you think's gonna happen to that kid? So good on libs of TikTok and big, Shout out to Taylor Lorenz of the Washington Post for amplifying Libs of TikTok and trying to dox their creator because guess what? Almost every single video that Libs of TikTok has been putting out now has been getting at least a million views, a million to two million. And that's all thanks to Taylor Lorenz. She tried to destroy Libs of TikTok. She tried to slander and destroy the woman's life. And guess what? All she did was Streisand effect that entire account. And now everybody's eyes are on Libs of TikTok and the indoctrination of our youth. Thank you guys so much for tuning in 
again to another episode of Rapid Fire. I apologize that it was a long one, but we had a lot to get to, and I had to lay out for you guys exactly how the Biden administration is lying to us, how we are winning, and things might seem bad, but guess what? The progressive left overplayed their card, and now everything is coming back to bite them in the ass, and I love to see it. My name is Savannah Hernandez. Again, if you like the show, please go leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us grow in the charts. Go visit my website, savsaysofficial.com. That's savsaysofficial.com. Go follow me on Rumble, where this show will now be live-streamed on top of YouTube, Odyssey. Go follow me on Truth Social at SavSays. And big announcement, I will be going to Switzerland to be covering the World Economic Forum next week in Davos. So um, I believe it's called... I'm not going to give you guys the link or the URL. I'll put out an announcement on my YouTube where you can go find all of the content that me and the Rebel News reporters will be putting out and figure out how to support us there. So thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode. And I will see you guys after I'm back from Switzerland. Talk to you later.